Chapter 6. Tiles. It was Thursday, or perhaps Friday. Draco wasn't sure. Time was slowly turning into an irrelevant and mumbled mess of forgotten hours and questionable days, and Granger's erratic patterns hardly helped. He had no idea where she slipped off to in the evenings, but he was willing to bet it was either the library or the Gryffindor common room. Where else would she go? Had girl privileges aside, he doubted she would be foolish enough to traipse aimlessly around the grounds with no purpose or point. Wherever she wandered, she would always return before three in the morning, and he had stopped trying to sleep through it. Her movements always stirred him, so he'd given up and simply started waiting until she got home to even attempt to sleep. He still found himself rousing for her showers, though. He had tried to resist this morning, knowing that his actions were completely insane and somewhat disturbing, but his headache had gotten worse and worse. The noises were like a drug, and a very effective one at that. Just a few of her wet sounds and the aching in his temple would recede. He'd yielded to the craving eventually, and that's where the morning found him now. Slumped in the usual spot and sacrificing his dignity for his bathroom moans fix. Merlin knew he'd try, but he couldn't help it. He was an addict, and he despised it. He shot up to his feet as he heard the shower die, suddenly in the mood to scream at the mudblood until she was either weeping or torturing him with her wand. Granger was the only thing in this prison that was temperamental, that could change and breathe and pulse. She'd continued to play civil with him for the last few days, and he missed the blood rushing to his head and fingertips. He ached for that fire that stirred his witty temper, yearned to see her flushed and contemplating a powerful comeback. He needed to know he could still do Salazar proud and make the mud bitch squirm. He understood agitated Granger. She was normal. He was becoming far too accustomed to shower Granger and her morning songs. He shrugged on a black jumper and slipped out of his room as quietly as he could, stopping by the bathroom door and watching the handle too intently. He could hear her bare feet padding around against the tile floor, and he tried to think of a topic for their argument. Screw it, I'll wing it. The brass doorknob rattled and he felt the excitement begin to tease his senses, adrenaline tickling his gut with the promise of a good fight. The door opened and he burst in before she could leave, purposefully trapping her. The shock was wild across her features as she stumbled away from him, sliding over the damp ceramics and losing her balance. It was instinctive to reach out and attempt to steady her. Just a reflex, nothing more. But his own bearings were compromised, and in a heartbeat, they were sprawled across the bathroom floor in a shallow puddle of water, skidding in opposite directions, him thwacking his head against the doorframe and her stopping just short of the bathtub. "'What are you doing, Malfoy?' Hermione panted, catching her startled breath. "'You scared me to death!' "'Bloody hell,' he mumbled, sucking the air through his teeth as he touched the back of his head. "'You clumsy bitch! You grabbed me!' She protested, ensuring she was appropriately covered by her fluffy robe. What in Merlin's name? You woke me up, he lied, flinching when he noticed some blood staining his fingertips. Fucking hell, Granger. Jumpy much. Well, I don't normally get attacked when I'm leaving the shower, she huffed angrily, trying to lean back on her heels unsuccessfully. What is your problem? You. He was suddenly aware of how strong her scent was in here fresh and thick amongst the lingering steam. He couldn't help but take a deep breath, hoping to her it looked more like he was trying to control his anger. But fuck, it was intoxicating. 
It coiled itself around his tongue and he could actually taste her, but the cherry tang reminded him who it belonged to. He growled, I don't have a problem. Then what the hell did you grab me for? She questioned hotly. Merlin, you are such a prick. This is your fault, he argued, although he wondered just how threatening he could be, crumpled and damp on her bathroom floor. You're the one who fell. Because you scared me, she repeated, giving into her childish urge and palming some water to splash him with. She somehow managed to catch his face, and she couldn't stop her chuckle as a droplet fell from his arched eyebrow. You Gryffindors are so mature, he drawled with perfect sarcasm. It's really pathetic. Oh, shut it, she grumbled, clambering to her feet with a little difficulty. With shaky legs, she shot him a harsh scowl and tried to make her exit, but a set of long fingers snagged her ankle. She fell hard against the floor again, landing in an awkward position that made her tailbone buzz. She whined in pain and cradled her back, snapping her eyes open just to catch Malfoy's smug smirk. And that's mature, she hissed, stuttering on another groan. I don't give a shit, he snorted, but his arrogant expression melted when she flicked some water into his face. She smirked back at him then, too lost in the surreal situation to resist. Hermione couldn't remember exactly how the almost juvenile water fight had started, but she imagined it would be a bizarre spectacle to walk in on. Draco furrowed his brow as he absorbed Granger's amused grin, and while the new bow to her lips suited her well, it was rather unnerving. It was like she had stumbled across one of his secrets and was just waiting for the right time to throw it in his face. He schooled his features back into his comfortable frown, deciding he had allowed this to go on for far too long. Stop being such a, you're bleeding, she interrupted, and his scowl hardened when she slid a little closer to him. Right there, by your ear. And, he prompted, watching her every move as she continued to shuffle closer. What the hell are you? Just let me have a look, she muttered, taking a final undignified tumble to kneel at his side. Her breath was warm against his ear and he tried to flinch away. Hold still, she demanded firmly, reaching into her robe pocket to withdraw her wand. Let me just heal this. I don't want you bleeding all over my dorm. He stiffened but remained still as he felt prickling magic soothe the small cut. Or maybe it was her breath again. He had no idea. Either way, the sensation was pleasant, and it had felt like forever since he'd had the comforting lick of magic against his skin. But then... It had been so much longer since he'd felt something like her fingers against his neck, delicate and completely innocent. His lids lowered a little and he inhaled again to steal some more of the drugging aroma. All it would take was one of her shower sounds and his senses would cease to cope. There, Hermione sighed, pulling away from him to inspect her work. That's better. Does it feel okay? His Slytherin instincts flooded his mind like a defensive mechanism. Warning him, she was far too close. She was doing it again, screwing with his head with gestures of kindness, and he refused to believe she didn't have an ulterior motive. Nobody could be that pure in the current climate, and it's not paranoia when you're on the enemy's territory. Get away from me, he snarled, pushing her away. I told you not to touch me. But I was just... I said don't sodding touch me, he yelled, rising to his feet so quickly it made his head spin. He fired his glare back in her direction, ready to spit the things he had planned to say before, but his voice hitched. Her robe had ridden up high on her thighs from his shove, 
and it had also drooped to reveal one creamy shoulder with a spatter of freckles that looked deliciously like grated chocolate. Her satin curls were slicked against her throat, and the edges of her face like stretched toffee, and every inch of her exposed skin was tinted with a rosy musk. She was completely different in the afterglow of her shower, more animated and yet still ridiculously innocent in her oversized robe. It was appealing. Fuck this, he grumbled to himself, turning on his heel and stalking out of the bathroom to leave behind a very confused witch. Hermione blinked as the remains of his shadow abandoned her on the cold floor, leaving her brain to stew over what exactly happened. Malfoy's behavior had become less and less aggressive with each day that passed, proof that a mother's advice was sometimes worthwhile. Acting civil had clearly been the right way to go. Now, he was simply snappy and bitter, but she couldn't decide if he was simply losing the will to fight or adjusting to his predicament. Adjusting to her. She hoped it was the latter. Hermione found herself stifling a giggle as an image of the ever-graceful Malfoy slipping to the floor stole her mind. As much as she respected Professor Flitwick, she had mastered the Engorgio charm a few months ago, so her concentration had naturally started to sway. The morning had made her realize that her blonde houseguest was nowhere near as threatening as he had initially been, and she couldn't help but find the transformation a little intriguing. He was still a git of epic proportions, yet his temper had simmered. It was barely noticeable, but it was there, etched into his pale features and softening his posture. The rage and fire that was always so present when he screamed at her had faded, and she had a feeling that he simply picked fights with her now out of principle and routine. Then again, that might just be her inner optimist, but she couldn't help but think his earlier smirk was a good sign. You look a bit more relaxed today, Neville commented, making her jump. Good news? No, she shook her head, feeling a little, little guilty. I just had a good night's sleep, but Harry should be sending me an owl soon. I'll let you know when he does. Thanks, he smiled, attempting again to enlarge the figurine he'd been given. She watched him with a distant fondness as the minutes ticked away. It was the last set lesson of the day, and the mention of Harry and Ron had roused her determination to stick her nose in a book to help their task. When Flitwick dismissed the class, she offered Neville a quick nod before she darted for the door, ready to start her reading but a familiar face in the corridor paused her footfalls and she felt dread seize her chest as she took in the headmistress's dire expression. Miss Granger, the boys, Hermione blurted, her eyes going wide, are Harry and Ron? Mr. Potter and Mr. Weasley are fine, the professor assured, and the younger witch released a shaky breath. However, I do have some bad news. Hermione noted that the woman's face was worryingly reminiscent of how it had been at Dumbledore's funeral, and she nervously edged closer, blocking out the sounds of the students returning to their dorms. What is it? She asked quietly. Is everyone okay? I think it's best we discuss it in my office. He was sat on the kitchen counter again, tapping his index finger in time with the ticks. The minute hand had just twitched to three minutes past six, and Draco eyed the clock suspiciously. Surely the contraption must have malfunctioned, but then that was almost impossible for magical clocks. Yet the prospect of Granger being late was even more unfathomable. He'd finished the vegetable broth she left him a good hour ago, anticipating her return as he had plotted to set right his mishap from the morning. He still couldn't believe how he'd acted, 
like some idiotic child finding amusement from rain puddles. Was it any wonder she was beginning to relax in his presence when he was behaving so foolishly? Well, it had to be rectified. Knowing Gryffindors and their fetish for friendships, this would only encourage Granger to be more civil towards him. She was a mudblood, and imprisoned or not, he was superior. She needed to remember that. She needed to remember she was below him. Figuratively, of course. Well, that had been the plan, but she was over an hour late. If he could think of one positive trait to associate with Granger, aside from her pesky intellect, it would be her ability to always remain punctual. He hated people who were late and disorganized. So just where the hell was she? The dorm was starting to feel eerie with her absence, and he wondered, wondered again if this would constitute as paranoia. The air felt humid, and he would swear her aroma was starting to fade. For reasons he refused to broach, he didn't like that idea. He was contemplating a shower to chase his sudden anxiety when the door finally clicked open. Where the fuck have you been, he demanded, hopping off the counter like a pouncing wolf. She didn't even look at him. Hey, Granger, I'm talking to you. Still nothing. An agitated snarl rumbled behind his tonsils as he advanced on her, cocking an eyebrow when he noticed the defeated fall of her shoulders. The angle of her body and her treacle-tinted locks covered most of her face, and he tried to maneuver himself to get a better look, realizing then that the witch was trembling. He subconsciously slowed his steps when he heard a throaty breath escape her mouth, not quite a sob, but close. He paused a few strides short of her, transfixed when the light caught two little droplets that fell from her veil of curls. Tears. He hadn't expected this. He blinked and sli- he blinked and silently scolded himself. Here he was again, faltering like some feckless moron. He remembered a time when seeing Mudblood Granger cry would have caused him nothing but pleasure, and wanted to relive that. He needed to relive that, lest he completely lose himself. I asked you a question, Granger, he continued sharply, scowling when she flinched at his voice. Why the hell are you late? Now is not the time, Hermione mumbled, keeping her face hidden. Just, I don't care if the time is not appropriate for you, Draco countered quickly, blocking her when she tried to move past him. I asked you a question. Malfoy, stop, she said, turning away from him before he could glance at her face. Let me through. Why the tears, Granger, he asked, deciding some mockery might go to satisfying reaction. Weasley fucking brown again. Leave me alone, she gargled, her voice heavy with trapped sobs. Please, Malfoy, just leave me. No, he sneered, although her pleas had been a little off-putting. What are you crying about? You look bloody pitiful. Malfoy, answer me. No, she screamed, her head snapping up. Leave me alone. His lip twitched as he examined her features. Her cheeks smeared with tears and her eyes beaten and bloodshot. Her leaking stare was distant and pleading, and his concentration fell to her quivering lips, slightly parted to reveal a line of dents from where she must have chewed the lower one to ruin. It was odd to view her like this. She was renowned for being the collected member of the Twatty Trio, but she was suddenly so fragile, vulnerable. He should have relished it. It should have made him feel victorious and provided him with a beautiful opportunity and inspiration to ridicule her. But it didn't. Instead, he found the scene quite unsettling. She took advantage of his confusion and brushed past him, 
evidently in an attempt to lock herself away in her room and ride out her grief in peace. But he wasn't willing to drop it. He had no idea if it was to continue his aimless taunts or feed his curiosity, but they were most certainly not finished. I'm not done with you, Draco shouted, marching ahead of her to block her door. I said I'm not. Well, I am done, she hurled back, choking on a strangled cry. Why the hell can't you just leave me alone? I like watching you beg, he told her quietly, darkly. Answer my question. I won't tell you again, Malfoy, she warned, although her current state didn't give the threat the usual flair. Move or I'll make you move. Go ahead, he challenged, snatching her wrist before she could rummage in her pocket. Not so fucking mouthy with your wand, are you? Without your wand, are you? Let, let me go, she sputtered, unsuccessfully trying to reach with her other hand. You can't use my wand anyway. It's, it's charmed to... I guessed as much, he hushed her, twisting her arm at an awkward angle to earn a small yelp. Now tell me, why the hell are you crying? He'd forgotten her other arm. Stupid mistake, really considering the history between his face and her fist. She spun her petite form quickly and managed to catch his jaw. Not particularly hard, but enough to make him stagger back and release her. With a swish of her robes, her wand was out and firing a hex that sent him flying backwards to land in the bathroom a loud smack echoing across the tiles. The wind was knocked out of him, and his ribs ached from the hit, but he slowly raised his dizzy head to study her. His ashy eyes flashed open to find her waiting by the doorframe, her anger only slightly clouded by her mist of tears. The witch's body was quaking more violently now, her muscles seizing up and her erratic breaths leaving her mouth in loud bursts. He was disoriented from her spell and he blamed that for the random thought that crossed his mind. She'd never looked more alive. I told you to leave me alone, she shouted, and he could see that she was allowing her emotions to ride her. You slimy bastard. He knew he'd pushed her too far. It was so glaringly obvious in her enraged stance and uncontrollable spark in her glare. She was just one snarky comment away from bursting at the seams, and every instinct was screaming at him to heed the foreboding angle of her wand. But his inner Slytherin reminded him of his pathetic and laughable behavior towards Granger in the last few days, and the familiar insult just stumbled out of his mouth so easily. Filthy fucking mudblood. Something snapped in her. He actually saw it. The flicker of something dark in her eyes, something almost feral. He tried to shift, but another wave of nausea from Granger's attack flushed his brain, and he squinted his eyes to try and focus on her. Mudblood, she repeated in a husky hum, raising her wand slightly. He spat out a startled grunt as she stabbed her palm with the tip of her wand, dragging it across her flesh to create a thin red slit. She stalked into the bathroom then, nearing him and displaying her fresh wound. He watched with a morbid fascination as a ribbon of blood glided down her middle finger and two ruby pearls rained down to spot against the ivory floor by his feet. You find this filthy? Hermione questioned with a wavering tone, crouching down so she was at his level. You think my blood is filthy? Granger. Do you? The witch yelled, leaning forward to snatch his hand. What the hell are you doing? He asked, accepting that he was starting to panic in response to her dubious movements. Granger, what the fuck? She quickly drew a similar slice across his hand, and a combination of his shock and still sluggish reflexes didn't allow him to interfere as she slammed their palms together with a wet slap. 
There, Hermione spat, holding her twisted and sticky handshake firm as she spoke. Now your blood's filthy, too. Strength surged into his muscles with welcoming heat, and it went straight to his arms, tearing his sleeping hand from her grasp and throwing her away from him. She screeched across the floor, much like she had this morning, but he was too busy staring at his red-stained skin to note the irony. The worst thing was he couldn't distinguish her blood from his. It was all the same shade, and he had no idea what that meant. His wide and disturbed gaze slowly wandered over to Hermione to find her staring at him, her expression horrified and stunned. The ominous edge that had marred her features was gone, and her familiar innocence was back in place. Both of them were breathing heavily, and the sounds ricocheted between them as he tried to regain his wits. There were too many emotions swimming under his skin. Anger, mortification, confusion, but it was too much to absorb. So he simply sat there, frozen to the spot with their eyes linked and their chests heaving. The scene was so oddly reminiscent of their strange morning, but the differences were so significant. There were no playful smirks or childish splashes, just them and the blood. He could feel the metallic tang invading his nostrils, and he suddenly missed Granger's natural state. Oh my god, she gasped, her movements jerky as she leaned on her knees. Oh my god, Malfoy, I am so sorry. Don't come near me, he growled, pressing his back hard against the wall as she crawled towards him. Don't fucking touch me, you crazy bitch. I can't believe I did that, she stuttered sadly. Fresh tears glossed her cheeks and lips. Here, let me see. What have you done? He mumbled, glancing down at his wound for a moment before he roughly pulled himself to his feet. What the fuck have you done? I don't know, Hermione whined loudly, shrinking away from him as he stormed past her. Where are you going? Away from you, he snapped as he stomped out of the room, pausing outside the door to give her a final glare. Don't come within an inch of me. Malfoy, please, she blurted, but he'd already disappeared. Let me explain. All she got was the bitter clap of a slammed door. Her body was shaking violently, bordering on convulsing as she coughed up her cries. Curling herself in it into a tight ball, her moans and anguished whimpers were barely muffled as she buried her face behind her arms. She let it all go, sobbing until her gut physically burned, and then some more. On the other side of the wall, Draco settled himself on his bed and listened intently to her grief. Sweet Merlin, he missed her calming shower sighs. He examined his messy hand with a scowl, searching again for any possible indication that their blood was different. But there was nothing. Same color, same texture, just the same. I shouldn't have goaded her. He shuddered his eyes, wondering why the hell he suddenly felt guilty. He should have been roaring with rage and scheming to cause her pain in return for what she had done. But all he could do was question what had made her snap. He wanted to despise her, to charge back in there and bask in her distress. But he didn't. He didn't hate her. Hermione had no idea how long it took for her cries to subside, but she would safely assume it had been at least three hours. All of Hogwarts' background noise had fizzled out and her dorm was definitely darker. Her eyes fell to her normally pristine tiles, frowning as she studied the telling red smears scattered around her. The crimson fingerprints held her attention for a moment, reminding her of poppy petals in the snow. They were Draco's fingerprints. She would probably never know why, but she was desperate to apologize to him and try to rationalize her actions. 
She was so angry at herself for taking things out on him, for losing her head. She was supposed to be the sensible one amongst her friends, the voice of reason, and look what she had done. Her puffy eyes turned to inspect slash from her ring, the slash from her ring finger to her thumb, and she noted that the blood had already started to coagulate. She realized then that at no point had her self-inflicted gash caused her any pain, and she couldn't help but wonder if Malfoy's hurt. Tucking her teeth into her bottom lip, she forced her hand to remain steady as she healed the damage. A couple of whispered incantations later, and the bathroom looked completely normal, save the broken witch in the center. She stayed still for a couple of stolen minutes, desperately trying to summon the scattered remains of her dignity and courage. She needed to see him. She needed to explain. Using the sink for support, she dragged herself off the floor and clumsily left the cold tiles on wobbly legs and a pang in her chest. She swallowed a nervous lump away as she faced his door, slowly bringing up her hand to drum her knuckles against the wood softly. Malfoy, she called. Can I come in, please? I told you not to come near me, came the gruff response, but she'd expected that and she refused to be deterred. Alohomora, she mumbled, taking a deep breath before she pushed open the doors. She edged into his room anxiously, her damp gaze finding him sitting upright on his bed and looking so much calmer than she'd expected. Malfoy, I thought I made it quite clear I didn't want you here, he interrupted evenly, dangerously low and smooth. I know, Hermione murmured, taking some more steps towards him, but I need to explain. Get out, he demanded, not once looking at her. I don't want you near me. Draco, please, she begged, tossing her pride to the wind. She'd screwed up, and he had every no right to know why. My b blood won't actually stay in you. Your system will have already... I am perfectly aware of how my anatomy works, Granger, he drawled, and she saw his jaw tense. Leave. Merlin knew why she decided that crawling onto his bed would work in her favor, but some part of her had seemed to think that if she was closer he would be more likely to listen. He finally fired his steel-silver eyes in her direction, but still there was no sign of the contempt she had prepared for. He simply looked at her like he'd never seen her before. And for some reason, that bothered her. Draco had no idea how to act in her presence. Every cell in his muddled brain was telling him to grab her and dump her outside of his room, repeating it until she got the point but his confusion had somehow beaten his fury, and he needed to know why she'd done it. He knew enough about biology to acknowledge that her muggle blood wasn't infecting him, but that wasn't the problem. It was her. He would swear she would feel her in his system, dancing in his veins and affecting his mind. That was the problem. I'm so sorry, Draco, she sputtered, drawing his attention back to her. I really am. I, I'm just, I'm so sorry. There were two things that made him flinch. The first was her use of his given name, and the second was her practically gushing her apology. He quickly scanned her features, finding only a sincerity that was strangely refresh refreshing when he compared to her earlier emotions. The emotions that had led to this. I, I found out that Professor Burbage was killed today, she revealed carefully and he could see she was trying to resist the new batch of tears behind her almond eyes by Voldemort. He blinked. Her outburst made sense now, but he hadn't heard that name since Snape had abandoned him here. He realized then for the first time that he couldn't consider her an enemy. 
it just simply didn't make sense when the same creature wanted them both dead. No, not enemies, but certainly not allies, just somewhere in between. She was a friend, Hermione continued with a slight sniffle, and when you, you said those things, I just, I took it out on you, and that wasn't fair. Draco remained silent because he had no idea what else he could do. The temptation to yell at her for being so stupid was there, but it wasn't pushing through. That infuriating guilt just wouldn't budge, and an annoying little voice in his head kept telling him that he should have never taunted her. Since when did Granger become a factor for his flimsy conscience? If he had to guess, he would venture around the time she'd started leaving him meals. I'm so sorry, she said again, a lonely and stubborn tear slipping past her lashes. I promise I will never do anything like that again. He regarded her, feeling her honesty wash over him like a sedative. He took a deep breath and ignored the urge to sigh when her scent settled back into his senses. It was a little salty with the influence of her tears, but still undeniably hers. He didn't want to shout at her. It didn't feel right when she still looked so vulnerable. He would overanalyze that decision later, but he just couldn't do it right now. Please say something, Hermione implored, leaning a little closer. Anything. He chewed the inside of his mouth and arched an eyebrow. If you ever do something like that again, he started enunciating each syllable crisply. You will regret it. The specifics weren't necessary. He could tell she knew he meant it. Okay, she nodded numbly. I won't be in here forever, Granger, he told her. And I will remember everything you do. Do I make myself clear? Yes, Hermione whispered, looking more relieved than he'd liked. I really am sorry. I got that, Draco stopped her with a roll of his eyes. Now leave me alone. She didn't move. Does it hurt? She asked timidly, gesturing to his injured palm. No. Let me clean it, she requested, extending her arm to offer her own hand. It will just take a second. I can clean it myself. Please, she cut him off, earning a frustrated sigh from the pale wizard. It's best if I heal it and... Fucking fine, he growled, thrusting his hand into hers and re reasoning that it would make her leave faster. Hurry the hell up, Granger. Hermione anxiously licked her lips before she angled her wand, gliding it over the gash she had caused. It would take a couple of minutes, she realized, and the silence was too heavy for her. She raised her eyes to watch his face, but his harsh glare made them wander to the rather large pile of books on his bedside table. You've read that many already? She questioned, her brow creasing with interest. I just skimmed them, he revealed in a reluctant grumble. I've read them before. I'm not surprised, she said, her voice still uneasy and laced with nerves. There are textbooks. From our previous years, he finished for her. Yes, I had noticed. Then why do you read them? There's hardly a wide variety of activity options, Draco scowled at her, realizing then that he was effectively holding hands with Granger on his bed. He needed to get her away. Now. Hurry the hell up. Almost done, she muttered, stroking the tip of her wand over the final specks of blood. There, is that okay? He quickly ripped his hand out of her dainty fingers and checked his hand before he nodded his head towards the door. Piss off then, Granger. Her honeyed gaze drifted over to his mountain of books again, and she parted her lips to say something. Whatever it was, her Gryffindor courage had clearly gone dry for tonight, and she clumsily left his bed and shuffled out of his room. Only when his door was securely closed did he allow himself to exhale. 
massaging the bridge of his nose and replaying the odd events of the last few hours in his head. If ever there was a sure sign that this place was starting to affect his sanity, today had been it. He looked down and ghosted his fingers across his fleshly healed, freshly healed skin, finding no evidence that she had ever torn open his flesh. He was adamant he could feel her, though, coursing through his bloodstream, and he blamed the invisible flames of her essence for his inability to catch sleep until dawn broke. When he roused at some point in the early afternoon the next day, he did as he always did, dressed in the usual clothes and headed up into the kitchenette to see what Granger had left him to eat today. Cottage pie, one of his favorites. And next to the steaming pot was a peculiar stack of books, none of which he'd ever seen before. All right, that's chapter six. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hi, Matt. Hello. You're back again. I'm back. <laughs> Thank you for I'm being here. back. I, I roped him into one episode, and then suddenly it's become like six episodes that he's <laughs> guesting, being a guest on. So, um, yeah, thank you. I'm the host now. That's what I said. I know. That's what you said last time. I got you on my podcast here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's get into the chapter because this was, this was an interesting chapter, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. Hermione went full bloodthirsty, <laughs> uh, demon cutting people. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> they had a, they had a water splash fight on the ground. Um, That's so cute. You know, um, <laughs> Hermione ignored her classwork. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some things happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You you nailed it right there. There you go. There's the whole chapter. <laughs> That's the entire chapter. So if you skipped, which I know a lot of people who've read this fic a million times are skipping to this part of it. That was it right there. That was the whole, you know, two second <laughs> recap of the entire chapter. <laughs> um, so things are amping. They're ramping up a bit, um, which is kind of fun we've had a few chapters that were a little more filler but still interesting and building the plot more um I love reading the little interactions that they have and all the moments that we get um where they're kind of brooding or just like fighting or whatever it is that's happening um so this chapter we get into some more of the nitty-gritty stuff and we get into Draco kind of um, what would you say? He's like, start. I think he's unconsciously realizing that he needs her in this in this situation that he's in in this predicament. He's in. <laughs> it's pretty conscious. It's pretty conscious, <laughs> but he doesn't want to outwardly admit it, right? Like he's still not saying that to himself. He's still not admitting it. You know. Is he though? kind of sounds like he is he hates himself but he yeah. still does it well the one of the first lines in this chapter is he was an addict and he despised it so i guess <laughs> yeah you're right like he does he does kind of admit it to himself but i mean he also hates it he hasn't fully accepted it yet right <laughs> yeah well he better not get into Hermione's uh, drug collection that she has going, because oh, that was a big theme in last episode. 
for oh last chapter. Yeah. Um, so now there's two addicts in this story. Oh and, you know, I mean, we, oh, we want this to be a nice, clean story. You know, there's children listening to this podcast, probably. I don't, I um, really, God, I hope there are no children listening to this. I mean, there probably is. I mean. Matt, oh my God. You just, you gotta be wary of these things, you know? I mean. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, drugs are bad. You know, you gotta check that off. That's got to be part of the theme of the story. You know. Oh so. Well, if there are children reading, they should stop at this chapter because it's getting a little interesting from here on out. But I won't ruin the story for you, so I won't say anymore. Okay. <laughs> the word I'll use is interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, um. One of the first things that happens in this chapter is that Draco just bursts into Hermione right after she's come out of the shower, right? He bursts into the bathroom and she's in a robe. Mm-hmm. In a robe. <laughs> right. Um, Sexual they, harassment. But yeah. That's what I was thinking the whole That's, time. I was yeah. like... Send him to jail. Send him to <laughs> to uh, Azkaban. I mean, let the Death Eaters get this kid. I mean, come on. Oh, Personal space, Draco. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just... Slytherin, they just don't teach this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just it's not a part of the curriculum. You know? Yeah, I guess not. Snape's but... teaching his students. You know, he's like, this is what we used to do back in my day, you know? Like, well, busting. Slytherin, right? He just so... slithers on in there. Like, yeah. I guess <laughs> that works, but... You know, and we got these guys like Snape and and Tom Riddle up in the little crew there. You know, I mean, yeah. things are they're not great for the females. Um, wow. You know, personal space not a big concern. Um, this this soapbox you're going on is, yeah, it's good. I'm proud of you. Well, McGonagall's not gonna be happy when she finds out about this stuff. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Dumbledore and those guys know. turn a blind eye. They didn't care, but Dumbledore is not alive, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's raining, and I'm, I'm sure they can hear it. Sorry, guys, we're sitting in the car in the dark, <laughs> <laughs> and it's raining. Um, I just realized that that definitely is gonna. Yeah, it's gonna be. I said that you can hear that. It's okay. This is what happens when you're not in a garage. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Basically, this happens. They fall on the ground, and then she starts splashing water at him. And he does it back. And then he's embarrassed by it later on. What did you think about that when you read that? <laughs> he's, like, playing around with it. It was pretty interesting uh, mental imagery there, you know. Yeah. The two little kids sitting on the ground, splashing water at each other. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of... I have feel some like... rubber duckies in there oh and, gosh. you know, like some... I don't know. Like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I really feel like like a lot of the... What would you call it? Like, not really primitive, but, like, basic stuff you need in life is coming through. You know? Like, you need human interaction. You need... You know, even if it's bad. Like, you know that phrase, like, any press is good press? I feel like for Draco, it's like any interaction is good interaction, you know? So he'll take anything he can get. Um, And in this moment, I mean, he's not really even consciously thinking of that. He's just like instinctively reacting to the moment. And his reaction is to be like, I don't know, playful, which I just find 
it's really fun. I, I, I really do like that this is kind of one of their first more positive interactions, you know? Um, why don't you splash water at me over? It's raining. <laughs> uh, brag is not scooting around the floor of the bathroom. That's typically, true. You know? Yeah, not on a usual day. And since I'm a good-mannered human, I wouldn't burst into a bathroom. <laughs> this when is a true. Female has just taken a shower. I mean, that's just yeah. It's like a lawsuit waiting to happen. That is pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> but it's Draco, and this was also written in 2010 when those things were not a. <laughs> things were not zero a consideration thing. for this kind of thing in 2010. Yeah, people didn't even know what like sexual harassment and yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff was. Okay, so next we have Hermione in class, and she is not wanting to do any work she's like thinking of which is not like Hermione right like that's I felt like that was an interesting little tidbit because we we feel like we're getting a lot of like Draco and how he's being changed by all of this internally but we're also getting a little tiny bit of like what's happening with Hermione too you know yeah she can't focus on her studies because she's too <laughs> preoccupied um that her boyfriend's all by himself up in her <laughs> boyfriend uh, no <laughs> all up in her dormitory they're not there <laughs> and she's daydreaming about his luscious blonde oh, locks uh, oh my gosh. waving in the wind oh my gosh and uh that just about sums up her classroom experience <laughs> these days sure sure like, come on Hermione uh can we please focus on the things that are important here <laughs> You know, these yeah. teenage girls, it's all, they, it's all they care about. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um, moving on then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then uh, Sweet McGonagall comes in and she gives Hermione the, you know, bad news about Charity Burbage. And so this is like the lead up to all the bad stuff that ends up happening because Hermione comes back. Oh, well, wait, what happened? She... Um, comes back super late, she's crying, and, um, Draco's, like, ready for a fight, you know, because he's feeling super embarrassed from the morning, that morning, you know, when he was, like, letting down his guard and splashing back at her, so she, you know, she's not having it, though, she's not having a fight, she doesn't want it, and so he finally, you know, he calls her a mudblood, and then she takes her wand Flashes her hand, gets all bloody, and then does the same to Malfoy and, like, presses their hands together. Like, what What did you think about that whole section there? It was pretty um, bold. You know, more weird cannibalistic tendencies from Hermione here. I wasn't expecting it, but... <laughs> cannibalistic. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, you know? I mean... Griffin, Gryffindor people, they're pretty bloodthirsty people in general. Um, really? That's your assessment of yeah, Gryffindors? Yeah, okay. I kind of got that sense through the main the main books, you know. Oh, gotcha, yeah. Okay. I, I always was kind of thinking that, you know, maybe Harry or Ron were like kind of closet cannibals actually the whole time. <laughs> that was kind of what I was thinking. And oh my goodness. It was actually kind of interesting that I started re- reading about that in this fic because I was, I was like, you know, I kind of thought that actually the whole time. Yeah. It kind of made sense that Hermione did that. <laughs> um... <laughs> really interesting observation draco was kind of thinking the same thing though it seemed like because when she was coming at him with her bloodthirsty whatever mm. primal rage thing yeah um he was kind of just sitting there also in shock so you know i mean clearly i wasn't yeah. the only one 
Draco was surprised, but <laughs> not that much, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I find really interesting about the whole aftermath of this is that Hermione, like, she realizes what she's done, and then she, like, just apologizes so much to him, which I understand, like, that's her character, that's what probably needed to happen. It's just also, like, he was so nasty, like, he's been so nasty to her. He's been so mean and so nasty, and, um... I mean, he's been kind of physical with her at a couple of times too. You know, she's like fought back with her wand, but like, I kind of, I kind of understand where, like what she was going through there. Right. Like just being so angry and already being so devastated by, I mean, Charity Burbage was the muggle studies teacher. Right. So like for him to, you know, for her to be in that vulnerable state and already being so sad about this teacher she was so close to, um, who taught muggle studies and had an appreciation for muggles and then to like you know for draco to be like you mudblood you know still looked down on her like i kind of understand her reaction <laughs> is that a real professor by the way mm-hmm. yeah that's like it seemed like it was in the okay in the movie charity burbridge or burbridge yeah in the movie um when like i think it's the beginning shoot when is it uh, it might be the beginning of six um or seven i don't know sorry but um, they're like at Malfoy Manor and Draco's there and he's with his like dad and like Lucius's wand. That's when Lucy, I think that's when Lucius's wand is broken. And, um, you know, Voldy is like, he, oh God, okay. So he like levitates the woman, the crying woman over the table. And then Snape is there too. And, you know, he's like, Nagini, you know, he's like, Avada Kedavra, and then he's like, Nagini, lunch. And, yeah. So, more, so, more... so that was her. That was her. So basically, in this fic, the whole, the whole like, different thing is that instead of, that still happened, but instead of Draco being at the manor for that, he's in hiding for that. So it still happened, you know, and Hermione's not out Horcrux hunting. She's here. Right. So like this is just where it diverged and where we're getting this alternate story. But those things are all still happening. The things in canon are still happening. So interesting. Yeah. So people getting eaten. Eaten. That's I mean, we were talking about the cannibalism thing and like there we go. <laughs> well by Nagini, you know, which I guess she was once a human, so Nagini was also yeah, Nagini um shape shifted as that old lady um in yeah. the seventh one. I forget so. what the like oh yeah 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 no but in um uh, Fantastic Beasts she used to be, you know, like the woman in the cage. I have only seen it one time one time or two times or something, so I don't remember. But anyway, so yeah, that whole thing happens and then I kind of like what I was saying, I kinda of understand her anger, like and her frustration there and that you know, he even recognizes it, too, because he even thinks to himself, I shouldn't have goaded her, which I thought was interesting, too, because he's actually starting to, like, self-reflect, which is really positive. <laughs> self-reflect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the that, that little part of the chapter, or, yeah, that little part in the chapter ends with him thinking, like, he didn't hate her. So we're, ba- we're breaking down those boundaries there. Yeah, it was like plot twist. Draco's a new man now. Yeah, Draco well. 2.0. Pretty much. 
pretty much personal yeah. space you know <laughs> achieved uh you know reflection skills uh honed uh empathy ability um strong <laughs> yeah i mean Draco, Draco 2.0 Draco. is that's, that's one for the kids that are listening that we were talking sure. about these are the themes that we want them to get rather than the, the yeah. drug and the cannibalism stuff i mean ignore that and let's let's really look at the you know even as far gone as somebody like draco malfoy he wasn't that far gone in. though he was like you know brought up in this prejudiced household right that's so not that far makes gone. sense that, that makes sense far gone. did you ever have any kind of prejudices that you had to break down when you nope. were 18 nope not nah, you're still breaking that not prejudices but like we're all learning and growing throughout our entire lives especially at 18 I mean, I've grown a lot since 17 or 18. I mean, I think it's believable to be redeemable and reformable, especially for someone who, like, hesitated and was crying and didn't want to, you know, try to kill, like, have to kill Dumbledore. Like, he's not like his family, you know. He he does have redeemable qualities. They, you know, I I, I totally think it is reasonable to, to think that, like, if he was put in a situation where... You know, he physically sees that they both have... I mean, that's a huge part of the chapter, right? He physically sees that they both have the same blood, and he's surprised by that. You know? Like, that... I feel like that's, like, a really big turning point for him. I thought that was kind of funny. What did Draco think? That she was going to have, like, green blood or something? <laughs> he really no, he thought it was going to be dirty. And, like, muddy. Mud blood. Like, he really did. He, I, is I that what they that actually mean by that? They actually think there's mud in there? No, but uh, no, it's, like, it dirty blood, right? Like, that's what they think it is. Right. Maybe Draco actually thought that, though. You know, he's like, where's the dirt? Yeah. Well, they look down on squibs. And, where's the dirt? You know, muggle-borns, um, apparently, according to Harry Potter Wiki. I was just reading this the other day. But, um, apparently, the uh, muggle-borns come from like someone in their ancestry uh was a squib you know like had had witch or wizard as a parent um were both parents squib Mm -hmm. yeah and then they had a squib and then the squib married a muggle and so then they had muggle children but the you know the uh, magical gene was recessive so at some point later you know that's all hermione like someone in her ancestry like was a squib when then someone before them was like a witch or wizard or, or both you know so she has magical blood in her it's just was really, there like really a back. hogwarts biology class where they talked about this kind of stuff you know, i don't think recessive so magical genes and squibs and all this stuff you know i just imagine I them sitting so. there and doing their little four square genealogy stuff like we did in their <laughs> biology classes yeah, I don't Tracking think there's anything traits, you know? about biology. But I could be wrong. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so moving on next part. Um, we get this sweet little moment, right, of Hermione letting herself into Draco's room as he's sitting there bleeding and from what she had, you know, done. And then she climbs on his bed and <laughs> your face right now. <laughs> she cl- sorry. She climbs on his bed. <laughs> Uh, and heals him you know um and then just like talks to him for a little bit there so um yeah yeah what'd you think about that <laughs> lets it herself into his room climbs yeah. onto his bed and then sits there and talks to him 
<laughs> yeah, don't make that face. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just great intentions by Hermione. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing there. Total innocence. <laughs> I think it was. I think she's trying to, I don't think she's trying to be like sexual or anything. Like she's trying to big, break down like the barrier, right? Like she sees that there's something else in him and there's an intrigue about him. And so she's like, you know, wants to be more comfortable with him. Well, we see that from the beginning too. That's kind of built from the beginning where like after days of fighting with him, it's like this, her room is her sanctuary and she wants to feel safe there. And so it's like, how, you know, can you just go to your room and like fight with somebody every time? No, like you have to somehow figure out a way to work it out. Um, and I think that that's like what she's searching for is like, I don't think her intentions are to crawl in his bed and be like, you know, start something with him. I think her intentions are like, let's just not be hateful towards each other. Like, let's just be like real humans and be like vulnerable. Right. Maybe. I think they were trying to fight for a couple of chapters there, so that was uh, that was actually part of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, but, like, what's the true motivation behind both of their moves, right? Like, he just wants, he wants to be safe, you know, um, but he also doesn't want to feel any sort of, like, you know, what's the word for it? Like, he doesn't want any kind of, like, hit to his pride. You know, like he, he wants his pride to be intact and to be vulnerable is like not even part of his, it's not even in his thought thoughts, right? Right. But he's not been doing a great job of that. Oh no. I mean, he's not great at that at all, <laughs> but, but I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like that's part of his, his motivation for a lot of his anger and stuff behind, you know, just who he is. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see as he changes. Cause it seems like there's a lot of changes happening in Draco here. It's like, mm. I'm not even sure it's the same Draco next chapter. It's like, which Draco are we getting this time? No, no. he's just Nice Draco? Evil Draco? Yeah. Cannibalistic I mean, Draco? No. Drug addict Draco? I mean, it's we just don't know where he's going. No, it's being built up. To How many chapters is this? Is this a fic you said? 40, 49? 45? 49. I mean, just the amount of changes we've seen uh, from Draco in just six chapters, it's like he could change, you know, tenfold by the time he hit 49. Or Well, it's was... like the, the push and pull, right? Like, it makes sense. Like, uh, you know, kind of just what I was saying. If you're stuck in a situation with someone you loathe, like, you have to survive somehow. If you, if There's an indefinite amount of time that you're going to be there with that person you have to survive with the only place that you have so like do you sit there and you put all this effort into fighting that person or do you somehow work it out and break past whatever boundaries I mean I feel like that's what's happening and and Hermione's the one that's kind of driving a lot of that but he's got to get with it too you know like there's a person behind the angry prejudiced boy you know like there is a person behind there and she sees that. We see that in the in the original books. We see that there too. So like it makes sense that it would be you know, that I don't know. Just that that he would 
um, get past some of that in this situation, I think. I like your optimism. That's good. Thank you. I think he's going to come full circle and then he's going to be an asshole again. Oh, jeez. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> okay, so the end of this chapter is basically that, you know, she heals him all up and then she asks him if he's read any of the, you know, muggle books that um that he's got on his little side table there. And um and yeah, he says, you know, there's not much else to do. So yeah, I thought that was interesting too cuz like it's something he probably wouldn't ever have done without you know, Hermione being there or without them being in this situation, reading muggle books, right? How meta would it have been if the top book had been a Hermione fan fiction? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what, what would you have done? Screamed. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have made sense. It would be funny if it was like Raylo, though, you know? Like, what's that? R- um, Ray and Kylo Ren. Raylo. Raylo, yeah. That's a big fandom. Too. That's that's pretty interesting. I want more like Ray R two D two. Oh my god! <laughs> if we're gonna go there, how does that even work? I don't want to know. Never mind. It's like know. the year three thousand. I mean, <laughs> you know, they figure things out by then. I don't know. Oh jeez, yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, and then the very last bit of this is that um she had left him some more books to read. So I thought that was cute. And um, she made him, she left him some cottage pie, which is his favorite. It's just so it's, cute. It's, it's so just cute. cuteness overload. I can't handle it. No, it's so cute. Overload. <laughs> it is super cute though. I love it. And we're getting into more of the cuter stuff too. So I like it. Well, what are your predictions for next chapter? I already told you. He's going to start reading those books that Hermione gave him, and the top book's going to be a Germany fan fiction. <laughs> and then this story is going to converge into another Germany fan fiction. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he's going to like open the first page, and then it's just going to start a new fanfic. And you're going to be like, wait, what the heck? We were just reading that fanfic. But then it's going to be another story within a story. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> and then you can see where I'm going from here. Obviously, there's going to be some sort of book later on in that story, and then we'll start Oof. another story. Yeah. And you'll get so deep into this story that you're not even going to sure w- what story you're reading anymore. That's my prediction. Sorry, I'm just oh, just yawning. Um, <laughs> Are you bored of my story already? I mean, it was it was a little much. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought it was a pretty good idea. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on here. You know, it's hard to get uh guests these days you know and and it's a tough business that i'm in here um you know a lot of big a lot of big germany uh podcasts i'm competing with in prime time here Hmm. so it's good to have your expertise on here you know yeah glad to help great well we will see you next time guys